Longtime newsman and radio host Stephen Tubbs has decided to hang up his microphone at the height of his career. I'd like to know why and why now. I'm John Caldera, and this is the audio version of our television show, Devil's Advocate. You can watch that program by going to youtube.com and searching for our channel, IITV. That stands for Independence Institute TV. Or just go to thinkfreedom.org. I think this is going to answer some questions. So I've done radio on and off in Denver for about 25 years. He's done it for a little less, and he's retiring from it. Stefan Tubbs from KNUS. Thanks for being here. Thank you, John, for having me. November 3rd, you're calling it quits because of the drug problem you're having? Is it because you're going bankrupt? Is it uh, you finally your, your green card is running out? What? I'll tell you, it's the homeless issue. <laughs> no, no, I have decided you, you, after, you, after you set the table with you know, taking a mm. bag of human feces to the city and county building, I decided that's what I want to do full time. <laughs> clean up the city. <laughs> no, you, you have done about, what, 20, 25 years of talk radio. New, um, more, more news. More news. Yeah. But talk of, uh, from KOA to KNUS, you've been a fixture in Denver talk as the share of talk radio continues to, right. do, 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 do. Uh, and you've been a real voice holding Colorado's politicians accountable and talk radio, which was so important as it keeps getting less important, breaks my heart. You've decided, no, I'm, I'm moving on. Yeah. And so everyone's wondering, you know, wh- why? Why? You're calling it quits November 3rd, last show. You're getting out just before the election because you don't want to see what happens in this, this, this That's election. That's actually not a bad That's thing. It's not a bad thing. To be honest. So really, honestly, I've been, and I've asked you off air many times, and you keep giving me the same answer. I don't believe you. So <laughs> let's try it this time. Yeah. Why retire now? You, you, you're young. You've got people grow old in these positions. People also get this. What, what, do you, what is that? What is the curling see, of the finger? Come see me after the show. Uh, people in this business don't often get a chance to, and I want to say before we even get into anything, how grateful I am that I'm able to go out on my terms. And I mean that. And you got to admit, I've told you that off the air multiple times as well. Um, You just don't get to call your shot in radio traditionally of giving a two and a half month notice. And the reason really is everything I've told you, and I've told you the truth, is I just feel like it's time. I'm gonna miss it. There is absolutely no question that on Monday, November 6th, 2023, when the prior weekend, there are, you know, stabbing, stabbing, shooting, uh, you know, auto pedestrian hit and run, uh, Tay Anderson does something, uh, Mike Johnston's getting ready to do his next uh, Denver homeless we don't want to call them sweeps anymore, homeless cleanups. You know, that that first week especially, I know it's going to be hard, John, but I'd rather feel like I'm going out on my terms, going out on top. I feel like I could probably still do it another 20 years, but I'm sure then we'll get it. why not do it another 20 years? Because my it's, heart it's, is telling me to do something else, and I know what that is. I, I don't care about your heart. I care about I having... <laughs> people think... I care about them. No, I care about having voices 
in Denver, in Colorado, that will hold powerful people and powerful institutions accountable. And that is becoming less and less. There was a time that talk radio was as powerful as the Denver Post and the Rocky Mountain News and the news stations, the TV stations. And this is when Mike Rosen and Pete Boyles, their voices, whether you love them or hate them, were a counterbalance. Maybe not quite as big, but they could hold the paper's feet to the fire. Now, those newspapers don't have that sway. The Rocky is gone. The Post is, it's an advertising circular, if anything. Uh, It's a newsletter. Fortunately, the Denver Gazette is up and running as an alternative and growing and growing. But talk radio is also shrinking and shrinking because people don't want the commercials. People don't listen to AM as much. We have podcasts, shows like this that you can watch on air or on YouTube. And please check out the YouTube channel, IITV, on YouTube.com. And and so those voices keep going. So losing another voice, and you've got another 20 years in you, um, that... All right, I'm gonna that, I'm gonna make an announcement. That, that I won't, angers I won't me. Leave. I'm, yeah. I don't want to anger my friend John. Good. No, you know I, everything you say, I agree with. And you know what? I look back at those those legends like Rosen and and Pete Boyles, and I was able to you know work alongside them in a much different capacity. I mean, I'm only doing talk radio as I leave. You know, not even a full six years, but it's been the best six years of of my career, believe it or not. And I have had the opportunity to be blessed with an incredible career. Started at KOA in 1994, um, working the the much sought after 1 a.m. to 9 a.m. shift. And then April 19th, 1995 happened, and I was able to get down to Oklahoma City after the bombing, um, six, seven hours after. And that kind of set me on the trajectory of my career. And you know, it's never lost on me that what kind of launched me as a newsman was was an absolute tragedy. Yeah. And then I would go on to, you know, first trip back after leaving in 1998, first trip back to Colorado after taking a job as a national correspondent in Los Angeles for ABC News um, was April 19th or April 20th, uh, 1999 for for Columbine. Right. And so, you know, it's it's very weird. And when you're in this business, when you're catapulted or even getting a, a boost to the next level, whatever that is, whether it's a promotion or a new job, that it's on the backs of people's worst absolute miseries. Um, it, that's never been lost on me either. Those stories, 9-11, um, Columbine, Oklahoma City, the tragedies here, the Aurora Theater shooting. I mean, we've had so much here in in Colorado. You know, I, I've, I've tried to be this media whether it's personality or just person that's blessed to have this career, to never forget those those folks either. Um, and I will miss that. I don't. I, I don't think that I will lose contact with some of the people over the years that I've I've met through these various tragedies. But um, I don't know if it's a sense of guilt that I think a lot of guys who have a conscience in news understand. Good news happens slowly. It's like building a brick wall or building it. Especially today. Yeah, it doesn't happen overnight. Bad news happens in an instant. And a lot. 
And, and that's what's news. News is tragedy. And that's, um, and the whole system of news is made for tragedy. It's made for fast. Nobody wants to say, hey, we're now one hundredth of a step closer to our goal. That's not news. You know, we're now 100% in a massive tragedy. That's news. I, I want to get back to that thing. You, you curled your finger and said, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, when the station manager says, hey, come here, I want to, I, I want to talk to you after, after the show today. And I know that feeling. So <laughs> on KOA, I, I loved having the late night shift. Late night shift was great. I had the 10 to 1 a.m. Should uh, still be local, by the way. Should, yeah, should still be live and local that time. Yeah, I agree. Well, what's great on KOA is KOA is 50,000 watts. And so at night, all the other stations have to power down, but because it's a heritage station, it stays up. We blast to you know, every state in the country, Canada, Mexico. Yeah, so I think I'm, they said, they said John, 38 states, 38 states and three countries at yeah, minimum at night. Yeah. And so we blast everywhere. So truck drivers hear you because they use it. And, and so you know, from, one, from 10 to... To 11, people are going home from their night out. From uh, 11 to midnight, people are kind of nestling into bed, and you get them. You know, from midnight to one, the freaks come out. And but you have these long, <laughs> luxurious conversations with listeners. Uh, Rick Barber, late great Rick Barber, said, oh, "What's great about doing the late night shift?" And he had the shift after me. Is that um, uh, management leaves you alone? They don't even know you're there. Right. You know, they say they don't touch you. It's like they don't move you or touch you because it's like the couch you're afraid to move you don't want to know what's underneath it. <laughs> you yeah. know, mentioning Rick Barber, you know, when I was doing the 1 a.m. to, yeah. to 9 a.m. in the mid-90s, you know, I, I worked alongside Rick, you know. Absolutely, I look back, I didn't realize at the time, but I look back now and go, that was a mentor. Yeah. What a, what a great human being, gone way too soon. Um, I remember it was just several months before Rick Barber passed, when I was doing uh, Studio 12 at Colorado Public Television, yeah. um, I had Rick in for an hour, and we all knew what was going on. And none of us are going to make it out alive, but um, man, just wonderful characters and people that I've I've had the chance and, to work and with. And Denver, he was Denver, and he was weird. And the night show and the was weird. were weirder, <laughs> and the callers were weirder. But that that finger of come on in, and you know, it was told that. Hey, corporate is making a decision. It's always that way. Right. And corporate's making a decision. You know, KOA, we're the only station that has live late night shows. So we're just going to put in a, a syndicated show like everybody else because it's a big conglomerate now. Um, and hey, we love you. We're not firing you. You can do fill ins. You can do this and that. You mm-hmm. know, which, you know, it's fine. Uh, uh, but I, I really miss that. And I did it for 10 years. And the people, that you touch that way, you don't find out about until much later. It's like, I used to listen to you every night, you know, and it was, it was great. In the same way, listening to Rosen in the morning was a big influence on, on me mm-hmm. and the people that you've talked to. So that, that finger wag, hey, so how much of your decision of, of leaving now is because you read the writing on the wall and say, you know, radio continues to contract yeah. and contract and and you are you seeing that there could be that hey uh, tubs after the show today uh, come on down to my office for a minute yeah well i mean truth be told you know the contract that i'm under is we fire you today yeah after the show before the show there's no strings attached 
the benefit to me, I guess, and contracts always benefit management, everybody who knows that. But the, the, on the flip side, I could say today, I'm done. So it's unlike any contract that I was ever, really? yeah. Because usually I, they I've have like a under. six month buyout. You know, they could fire you, but they pay you for six Zero. months. Really? I mean, you know, I'm nice. not going to give you my social security number, but I'm telling you behind the scenes, that's how it is. And it was the strangest contract with, with 710K in US that I, I'd ever signed. I was also, man, let me try this talk thing. Let's, let's do this. Let's, let's have like the first year be horrible. And then let's, <laughs> you know, I would not want to go back and listen to my first or second weeks of shows. Some would say, how about, you know, up to present day. But I feel like I really got into a great niche. I, I think that uh, we really shined on, on our program right around early 2020 and the start of, of COVID. And I realized that, hey, having, uh, having an afternoon show gives me an entire day basically to be a newsman. And I was there for the Governor Jared Polis daily COVID updates. I'll never forget. I can't remember if I've ever even shared this with you. You know, I go to that first emergency operations center um, COVID briefing by the governor of Colorado and other, you know, members of, of the health community. And they had a chart and I was sitting right in the front row. And I think there's actually a picture. I don't know, it was an AP picture, but I'm on the phone with the station telling them where I am and everything. And I just was so perplexed. I'm like, what? And again, this is early, early on in COVID. We don't know, you know, if you believe some people we're all going to be dead in, right. in, in the next seven to 10 weeks or whatever. But I'll never forget there was something, it was either a, a videographic or on an easel. And they said, you know, the potential R naught number could mean that up to 35,000 Coloradans could be dead within the next month. And it was right, I mean, I'll never forget that number. Maybe it was 32, 35, but it was 30,000 plus potential deaths. Thank God that didn't come close. But at the same time, I realized, you know, this is a pretty big story. One thing I don't know if you know, I am proud about this. It probably sounds cocky, but I went to management and I said, we're going to go to four hours. <coughs> we're going to go to four hours. And they said, uh, okay. <laughs> And so I was basically for three years, three to seven. And I thought it was a brilliant decision. We ended up, advertisers, you know, came on board. So it was, I think it was the right decision. And, you know, then it was cut back last year to three hours. And like I said, I'm going to miss it. Well, for Salem, who owns uh, KNUS, to their credit, most of these stations now are franchises. It's a franchise model. Uh, for those who don't know how modern radio works, you and I grew up in the WKRP in Cincinnati <laughs> model. So it's a wonderful model that, you know, some guy owns a radio station. Some stupid guy bought a radio station. And somebody's going to do a turkey drop. Yeah, a turkey, <laughs> right? I swear to as God as my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. Um, if you don't get that joke... You're just sorry. You're we're too young. old for you, yeah, right? Um, and you have a personality, and the personalities mesh with the city, and they try things, and it's a quirky little station. Once the uh, FCC allowed stations to be bought up and have several stations in a market, and then allowed conglomerates to have many of them, 
then the race was on to gobble up as many stations. I think it ruined it, John. You know, it might well have. I did my undergrad thesis and my master's thesis on the deregulation of radio broadcast industry. And boy, if you're, you know, a shareholder with a big company and revenue is good and times are great and times are not great today, it looks, it looks great. But gone are the mom and pop kind of, you know, smaller when I started and, you know, I've been in Colorado and doing, you know, parts of four decades, nearly 25 years of radio, but my career in total, I'll, I'll retire with nearly 34 years. And I did ABC Network. I started out, you know, in college with smaller stations, but I thought, you know, the Communications Act that Clinton signed back in the 90s, I think that started the deregulation of the, of, of the industry, um, you know, allowing a station or a, a company to allow, uh, own two stations in one market, you know, um, radio stations. An AM and an FM. And a, like but I mean, it's, it's, I mean, with all due respect, I mean, you go to, you know, iHeartMedia in the tech center. And I mean, at one point, it's seven, eight radio stations. That's the shrinking of but independent voices for, or for different those, voices. Those listening might not quite get it. What happened is you'd have a company buy up literally 1,200 stations. And the idea was, well, we can run them all centrally and get rid of uh, local voices, which I think is the magic of talk radio. Um, And I think of growing up with KBCO when it started, and it was a really unique music station. So it was K Boulder CO, Boulder, Colorado. And it had, it really catered to the people of Boulder. And and, um, I think it was Scott Scott Arbo, mm-hmm. Arbo who, who was the music director. And so it was really focused on this one little town. Uh, well, now indie music stations have one guy for that market, and they, they program the 100 stations that are indie. Uh, look at 103.5. It's, it's yeah, it's called voice tracking. Yeah. And they can, hey, happy Tuesday morning, everybody. Well, I mean, it, it's Tuesday morning, morning somewhere. somewhere. Or they have one guy, listen to the Fox, classic rock. Well, iHeart, it's just the model. You know, they've got one guy who programs the classic rock station for uh, 120 stations, yep. and they do imaging for each station. So it's 103.5, the Fox. But in Peoria, it's 102.3, the Bear, or whatever it is. <laughs> right. And there it goes. But when it comes to talk, you can't really do that. So they fill it in with national hosts, which is fine. But the magic of talk is local. It's what's happening in your town, your city, your neighborhood, your state. Yeah, I say all the time, you know, I love, I can cover um, a breaking news story. Uh, I know how to deliver it, either television or radio, if it's an international story. I can be at a news desk and I can do that. I can do a national story. I can go to a city uh, and, and cover a disaster, tornadoes, floods, fires. But I always like to say, and especially in the like, the swan song of, of, doing radio and, and talk radio is I love to be hyper-focused, hyper, hyper-local, live and local. And that's why, you know, I, we, and you've had me on before, and I thank you to talk about Denver and Decay, our documentary right. film, um, you know, to really get in the craw of these local politicians. You do it. Um, it feels good. But it's right. Because there's no one else to shine right. a light on local politics. Wait, you mean local television? Right. <laughs> we could do an entire, I mean, the local television, for the most part, in the city of Denver, 
is abysmal. Sycophantic. Yes. So, and media only looks at Washington. The problem is not Washington. The problem is right here in Denver, right here in Colorado. And if we're going to fix Washington, we have to fix this. Right. And so, uh, and also the key, you know, that you're listening to it is when they can't pronounce Vasquez or they call Louisville, <laughs> Louisville, then you know somebody's <laughs> doing the traffic report in Pittsburgh. Correct. And that's what they have. They, they, they look at the screen and they go, there's a tie-up in Louisville. Um, right. On Vasquez Boulevard. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. it's true. It, it's a sad, it, it, it's one of the sad parts. There's still many great things about this business. The sad part is the, the fewer voices. So I do apologize to you for leaving. But um, if we can continue to convince advertisers that people are listening to your live and local, that's going to be the difference between AM radio, local AM radio, dying or surviving. So out of all the years you were focusing in on local issues, let me ask you, which one hit you most emotionally? Which one did you look at and say, this appalls me the most? And you've taken on you know, so many local issues, so many local politicians, but out of all of them, which one did you say, this this one is so very wrong, to the point where you couldn't even think straight. What, what one of them? Has to be post-George Floyd, the summer of hell 2020, as I call it. And that led to the birth of Denver and Decay and our documentary film. But to see, to see what was allowed and tolerated in this city, and then it was almost by happenstance that and I, you know, I, obviously I'd come downtown, I'd go to a Rockies game every now and then, uh, come and see you. We'd, you know, I, I, I'd, I'd be in this area, but not a lot. And the back to back to back to back nights of riots, yeah. that was that was it for me. I'm like, I am gonna go full bore into this. This shouldn't be tolerated. And when then- you say this, what do you mean exactly by Lawlessness. This? How about lawlessness, uh, zero, uh, seemingly zero control by the city, by elected officials. I don't call them leaders, I call them elected officials. They let down the city and county of Denver. And I don't even live in the city and county of Denver. I used to, but then it goes to the state, let this state down. And then in all of that quagmire, John, is the, wow, there's a lot of homeless how did we get here? So if I had to say the one thing locally, because the national fentanyl issue that impacts every neighborhood almost in this freaking state, it seems, that's another thing. But when it comes to the local issue, well, I lost friendships. Michael Hancock and I, I would have considered not good friends. I never went to his house for dinner or anything like that. But he was one of those guys when he was a city councilman, always available. Uh, you know, press availabilities. Hey, how you doing? Give me a hug. Fist bumps, seeing him in social gatherings, at cocktail parties. It was always great. And then there was Denver and Decay. And when he got word that we were doing, as he told my friend Mandy Connell on KOA, that movie, first of all, it's a film. Sounds much better. <laughs> you eat popcorn at a movie. You get educated by a film. So I lost that... F political friendship. He never, 
ever, we haven't spoken since. We had one right before uh, the pandemic. I saw him at a press conference, gave me a big hug, pointed me out in the crowd. Hey, now I'm fine. My ego is fine. I couldn't care less. I wish Michael Hancock the best, but he gave Denver the worst. What a failure. Abject failure as a mayor. But it's not just him. You look at the homeless, you look at, at just seemingly the lack of authority, making people, holding people accountable. One of my arch enemies of all time, I don't even know if she knows who I am. Beth McCann is the most pathetic elected official, even I think bigger than Hancock. Bigger than Hancock. This is the Denver DA who doesn't charge people with crime. No, because she's a progressive, maybe George Soros funded, whatever. Uh, rest in peace, her district attorney career, because don't think that I didn't make a, a deal on my show about you know playing the hallelujah that she's not going right. to seek you know, re-election. But just to wrap it up, it's not just Hancock. Denver's wrote home. I'm, I, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm just dropping the bombs of what I think all time. I think Denver's Road Home was the all-time, at least to present day, the all-time Denver and Decay fleecing of the taxpayers, fleecing of donors. The Denver's Road Home, we're going to end homelessness in 10 years under John Hickenlooper. You want to talk about- the turning on of the spigot that (laughs) led to everything we have Right. You want to talk about a clown show? And then it also, it was before that, Wellington Webb, who I think, you know, I always got along with him. But before that, Federico Pena. And to me, sorry, I'm a conservative. I'm not sorry. Federico Pena, Wellington Webb, John Hickenlooper, Michael Hancock. What do they all have in common? Yes, they're all D's. But so was McNichols. Before my time. Yeah, all city mayors are D's. Not all of them are let everyone out of the jail. You know, the, when you point to the George Floyd riots and the fact that our governor let the Capitol be vandalized, let statues be crumbled and pushed over. And then, so, and then so when they're removed, then never come back. Then never come back, which means they win. You know, to say that these statues go so more politically correct statues can be replaced, go, oh, what's the symbol there? Instead of having a deliberative process of saying, you know, maybe that statue is out of touch with the times. Mm-hmm. Let's have a discussion about it. No, you just get angry, push it over, and get it replaced so, with something else. Let me ask you this. I'll play, I'll play host for a second. Please. As we tape this, next week I've got my final interview my farewell tour, as we've been calling it, I've been calling it, with Governor Jared Polis. I've known the guy for 15, 20 years. I, I get vilified on, I just get destroyed on the radio because I actually have, I guess, the audacity to say, you know, personally, he's been he's nothing affable. but kind. I've known him for 25 right. years. He and I get along well. We've had beers together. And he's how do you a, feel about his politics? I believe he is the most dangerous, dangerous governor we've had in our history. Okay. So I'm pretty much there with you, but how dare we, you know, how dare we compare? But let me, let me, I'll, I'll name a name and that is the governor. Back to back to back to back nights of riots. How many press releases and tweets and Facebook posts do you think the governor of Colorado made around that time? I don't even have to wait for your answer. Zero. 
Do you know that it took Michael Hancock six weeks to acknowledge any unrest? And that, that, that's according to my research. I remember because I play it all the time. Uh, Mayor Michael, this was a riot, Hancock. That's when he said, when they surrounded the DPD headquarters, that's when he held a press conference. Where were these, where, that's where I go, John, to, if you're not going to say anything, you're guilty by omission. You tolerated this. You tolerated it. And the reason why I still bring it up more than three years later is because that set the tone, period. When I tried to hold the governor accountable for the mess, the response was, it's a city issue. I don't follow Denver politics. Do you remember that I line? Don't follow. That was the line. I still play that on the show. I don't follow Denver politics. Time out. Your office, your office, okay. the governor's mansion, though you don't live there, that's in Denver. I also needed to remind the governor via a column I wrote that the Capitol building is state property. The park in front of the Capitol, not yep. city park, but this lot of land in front of it, uh, Centennial Park, I think is what it's called, is state property. And he has complete and total control. The state administration does. Uh, and it was a campsite. It was a protest site. It was a campsite. It was an Antifa site. Uh, Antifa, which is not violent, by the way, uh, site. And they took it over completely. And when the governor said, well, you know, this is a city issue. No, that is a state issue. Your building, which was graffitied and vandalized, that's a state issue. And after I made that perfectly clear, it wasn't too much longer later that all of a sudden that was fenced off and then cleaned up. Um, you know, that's, that isn't leadership. And good for you, by the way. And the problem is they don't want to take on the left of their own party. We're seeing that now in the legislature. These are reasonable people. They understand this. When I say reasonable, I mean that they understand that they cannot stand up to the progressive whack jobs in their own party. Whether it comes to taxation, whether it comes to budget, whether it comes up to the cancel culture, whether it's Michael Johnston or Jared Polis, they refuse to stand up. They can use Republicans as the boogeyman, but they don't exist anymore. Republicans don't exist. They are a nuisance. Republicans are a fly flying around the Capitol. They are a micro minority, a super minority. I don't even know if they're a nuisance, John. I mean, really, at the end of the day, they have here no power. in Colorado, they're just, there's no power. The House, super majority Democrat. Senate, near super majority. Administration, uh, Democrat since, let's see, uh, Ritter, Hickenlooper, Polis, courts, completely Democratic. Big cities, with the exception of Aurora, Democrat. This is, and, but the media loves to pick on Republicans. Why? You're, you're beating up cripples. Well, yeah, but most of the time, you know, what do I have to lose, right? I can yeah. tell you because I'm, I'm not going to have to answer to it much longer on the air, but I, I will. Um, the Republican Party in this state is a joke. Agree. Okay? It's a clown show. Um, the ouster of Kevin McCarthy, you know, um, it, it, I mean, at, at the end of the day, is that even going to matter? Uh, if, if your own, you know, conservative party doesn't like you, you're a rhino. If I, if I had a dollar, I wouldn't right. retire. If I had a dollar for every time, I'd keep it going. Right. I mean, and I, I couldn't care less, but you know, the state 
GOP, I say all the time on, on the program, you know, you all can act like, you know, what Congresswoman Lauren Boebert did, uh, you know, on aisle 17, caught on nine, Narcan 9's, uh, you know, surveillance video they, they secure from the Buell Theater. We can't have any video evidence of White House cocaine, but they got Boebert and, you know, squeezy touchy. But whether it's Boebert or, you know, a lot of people are controversial right now and uh, around Ken Buck or whomever it is, the state GOP chair, <laughs> the left is laughing they're laughing at whether it's a national deal and voting out Kevin McCarthy or here locally. I mean, we've got, we, we can't win an election. We can't win a race for the most part. And we're, we're all, you know, it's like that Spider-Man meme pointing at each other. It's like, no, it's your fault. No, it's my, what? I, I don't know. I'll, I will miss. So that whole thing, John, a, a long way of saying, I will miss being able to talk about that or have the ability to. All right. Next steps. You're too young to retire. I, I know your cocaine habit. You don't have the money to retire. So what in the world are you going to do? You, you got some plan? You got a sugar mama? What? No, what? I do not. Um, do you, don't, you don't have a sugar mama or you don't have a plan? Uh, I have a plan for about six months. I don't have a sugar mama. And then, so you have six months to find a sugar mama. That would be following in your footsteps, of course, <laughs> yeah. looking and looking and looking. <laughs> looking but and looking and looking. I'll and tell looking. you what, what comes next is the continuation of my next documentary film, uh, Mountain Time Media. I've got an excellent team, uh, and we are very close to finishing up principal photography on a documentary that will come out in May of 2024 called Devastated, Colorado's um, fentanyl crisis, I think. <laughs> I think that's the subhead, but it's called Devastated, and it, it, it is focused on fentanyl's deadly impact on Colorado. Look, if you and I had unlimited funds, I'd say, hey, John, let's go over to China, talk about these precursors. Let's try to get some interviews. Then let's go down to Mexico, and let's try to get an interview with, with the Mexican president and government, and let's talk about all that. That all is known, but what's not known is the impact of fentanyl on Colorado. I'm telling you, and I've told I've told this, you know, kind of plea or made a plea. Would you rather have that talk with your kid, no matter how old, by the way? I mean, my kids are 20 and 23. I had this talk with them within the last two years. They're young adults. They can vote. They could join the military. They don't need to listen to dad anymore. But I made a point, and I, I, I hope that everyone will. I'd rather have them know that, you know what, right now, six, maybe closer to seven of every 10 illicit pills out there contain fatal dose of fentanyl. I'd rather have that talk with them, maybe tougher than even the birds and the bees, than to plan their funeral. And we have talked with addicts. We have talked with district attorneys. We have talked with um, sheriffs. We've talked with um, the DEA. We have talked with uh, politicians. And I know we're wrapping up, but guess, guess, guess who really doesn't want to talk about the fentanyl issue? That would be our friends on the left. To me, that, that, that this is a partisan issue in this country. How are we allowing this to occur without doing something? And I don't know what it's going to take. So you're again going behind the camera, as you did with Denver in, the, in Decay. 
So you, you like alliteration. <coughs> Denver, Decay, Devastated, yep. the next movie. After that, <laughs> you don't leave 25 years in radio without 34. a plan. 34 years Almost 25 radio. in Denver. So vacuum cleaner repair. I'm thinking of looking into a full-time position at either the Independence Institute or Complete Colorado. No, actually, we'll, seriously. We'll, we'll talk. I don't know what I'm going to do. And we'll you know talk. what? It's weird, man. You know what? It's a little exciting. It's a little scary. You know, pay at Independence Institute is going to make your KNUS <laughs> job look <laughs> mighty lucrative. Will you make me this promise that we will stay in touch? I am, and I'm not blowing smoke as we wrap up, but I am so proud to have known you for so long. I think I... I met you for the first time in the 90s when I was here the first time. Absolutely, yeah. 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 And, you know, congratulations. I know we joked about off the top of, of what you did at the city and county building. I, I mean, thank you for coming on the show. You know, my show, because, I mean, look, you're also a very, very important, you know, I'll, I'll bust your, you know, yeah. what's any day of the week. But you're very important, and thank you you're for what you You're a good you've friend. We're going to stay great friends. I... I want you to find a way to keep your voice going. That's what's important. And, and what's interesting about this next chapter is it's not going to be in radio, but I've known you long enough. You're not going to stay quiet. <laughs> so that's the important stuff. Stefan, congratulations on, you. on your early retirement, and good luck finding that sugar mama. She is out there. Uh, you just need to find the right, very wealthy, very charitable, nearsighted woman. If there's one person I will not take relationship advice from. It's you, my friend. <laughs> Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Until brother. next time. Thanks. If you've enjoyed this episode of Devil's Advocate, I hope you'll share it with a friend and I hope you'll subscribe and follow the show. We have new ones released weekly. Remember, this audio was taken from our TV show. To watch it, just search the letters IITV for Independence Institute TV on YouTube for this and many other great conversations.